Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which might be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey. Each broadcast, I talk with mentors who may provide that roadmap for your journey. These coaches have paved the pathway for many players and coaches. Most have authored books and papers on tennis and life, and they continue to give back today. Who are these mentors you might hear on our Thursday broadcast? The almighty will in each month, either Alan Fox or Coach Jeff Greasy, you will hear as one of them. On other Thursdays, it might be Coach Scott Williams, Dr. Bryce Young, Coach Ashley Hobson, Energy Coach Linda LeClaire, or others uh, who we've been blessed to have on over the last five years, like Ed Kraft, Nick Saviano, Johnny Angel, Scott and Andy, and many other college coach and high school coaches, too. And because I do believe Dr. King's statement, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, I will add my personal view on tennis and life. Naturally, you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. Of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio is you can listen anytime you choose to my broadcast, Coach Denise Exploring Tennis Blessings, or others like uh, Coach Chuck Greasy, our mentor tonight, American uh, Tennis Program, usually on Wednesdays. But the great thing is you can listen anytime you choose. I would also like to thank the Yellow Ball CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you are missing out on some useful information. Besides our weekly conversation, the Almighty Willing, you will be able to continue reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I previously stated, if you disagree with my views or want to add something, email me at coachdenise.fhstca at att dot net. That's coach, D-A-N-I-S-E dot F-H-S-T-C-A at A-T-T dot net. Who knows? You may hear your views on future Coach Denise Exploring Tennis Blessings or read them in Florida Tennis Magazine. I might also remind you that if someone has taken the last issue of Florida Tennis from your pro shop and you're not a subscriber, you can go to Facebook at capital F, capital L, Tennis, that's Florida Tennis, and our photographers, uh, our editor Jim Marks, and myself try to keep you current on Facebook uh, with information that's going on in between. So hopefully there you can do that. I see a mentor on today. Let me get him in, and then I'll do my commentary. Coach Creasy, are you there? John, I am. It's good to hear your voice. How are you? It's good to hear you. I am blessed. Thank you. And as you know, I uh, went north for a while, and six weeks is just too long to be away. I paid the price trying to get everything in order again, but uh, the Almighty uh, has blessed me, and uh, I'm almost back to normal now. Well, Before we know, get started, Coach, I would – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm glad you're hanging in there, and I'm glad to be on the program again. Well, I'm blessed. Thank you. Uh, I uh, would like to do uh, my uh, commentary for uh, November 14th, where I think it's time I ask a question, where will tomorrow players and coaches come from? Uh, Today's young tennis players and tennis professionals have more tools to assist them 
than when I entered the tennis industry with a racket, tennis balls, and a thirst for tennis history and knowledge. Today we can add ball machines. Well, actually, it's funny because when I introduced the first ball machines in our area, uh, that was about 30 years ago. The other tennis pros said that it was because I was an old basketball coach. I didn't mind the idea of being a basketball coach because I was, but uh, I did truthfully resent uh, being called old. Uh, I am older now, but I do try to fight being old. And I was, But the almighty help, I'll be uh, a lot older in the years to come, but... Uh, Anyway, uh, getting back to the ball machines, and we actually have virtual tennis training, uh, movement analysis units, racket sensors, match video analysis, uh, tools and videos, smart courts, biodata capturing, data collection sharing from our governing organizations, uh, and it goes on and on. Some look at this as coaching experience versus technology. I personally think it's some of each. Unlike when I entered the tennis industry in my late 40s, most entering tennis coaches are in their 30s or even younger. And uh, after I entered, later on, the USTA wisely started a Thursday and under program to assist those entering the field. All of the above are good, but in my opinion, if one starts coaching tennis in their early 20s or late 40s like me, the learning process begins with learning the game. It's history and the keys to teaching it. And quite frankly, I researched, and they say are my son John. Remember, I was the other John Denise in this John Denise School of Tennis. Uh, indicated that the place to go at that time was with Dennis Vandermeer and the USPTR. It did not take my son and I long to realize, though, that it was more than teaching tennis uh, than conditioning tactics and technique. And one of us usually attended one of the USPTR uh, seminars and workshops or other USTA meetings. And upon returning, though, we always took the time to share information that we received. While the others shared information from reading John, uh, and usually those books uh, were authored by, authored by some of our mentors that you'll hear regularly on Coach Denise Exploring Tennis Questions uh, broadcast. Uh, the coaching... Uh, Tennis by uh, our mentor today was a book that not only helped us uh, get started in the industry, but uh, I soon realized and gave it out to all my associate coaches. It was just must read in so that we were all on uh, the same page. But uh, you know, everybody does things their own way, and I do understand that. But yes. Mentors are another advantage of new coaches. Learning from an experienced coach is why I am blessed to be able to share <clears throat> uh, Dr. Alan Fox, uh, Chuck Reese, Linda LeClaire, Scott Williams, Nick Saviano, uh, Dr. Bryce Young, and others with you. It's Florida high school tennis coaches have also been blessed to have others in our like our mentors, Ashley uh, Hobson and Ed Kraft, uh, who have presented at FACA workshops uh, during the past years. Some of them uh, have spent the whole weekend with us, like Ashley Hobson and uh, our mentor today. And, of course, we built the workshops uh, around them. And, of course, Florida Tennis Magazine regularly keeps us informed of high school tennis, especially Florida high school tennis. So, yes, in tennis or life, collecting, digesting, and sharing information, in my opinion, is the key to growth. Well, that's my commentary for today. 
I think it's your advantage to follow it, but you'll make your own uh, decisions on that. Coach, I am so uh, thankful that you are on again uh, today. I'm actually thinking about you today. I actually, which I'll go next week, started my commentary for next week uh, because uh, I I just uh, think that uh, we've got to address some of the issues uh, in uh, I think of the people that I emulated and, uh, the, uh, you know, my effects on my growing and maturity from uh, and the things that helped me realize that what my parents were telling me and the more structure needed uh, to give back to society, uh, you know, it's not so easy anymore to find it in the comic books like I did. Uh, truthfully, I didn't spend as much time in the library uh uh, exploring the classics that my mother advised me and she often reminded me of. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'd like to uh, start our discussion, whatever you'd like to talk about today. Well, the the heart of your discussion is, is something that's on everybody's mind, I think, and that's where we're our Well, where will our next champion come from and, and where will there be one? Um Every coach who's out there that's been in coaching for a while, we're all quite frustrated because um, there, there are just so many things going on that are out of our control, uh, whether it be the way the tournament structures have changed, the ranking structures with this point system. Kids, uh, We've got kids chasing points instead of working for mastery. Uh, we've got parents chasing points instead and success more than understanding what the learning process is all about. Um, I can use a good example. Uh, we're working a tremendous amount on our volleys at the team I'm coaching here at the Citadel. <clears throat> Most of the kids come in, they don't know how to volley. I think anybody who's teaching out there will attest to the fact that that fundamental is it's existent, but it's almost non-existent. But most of the kids don't know how to volley. And yes, a couple of days ago, it dawned upon me, and I've known this before, that the racket technology itself has allowed our players to get away with a lot of really crummy technique. Um, look, ground strokes. Um, ground strokes. There's a lot of work that's been done on the kinetic chain and people know how the leverage happens from the legs and how the, the you know how to play open stance versus closed stance and everything and but again that <clears throat> there's a lot of different technical if you if you put a bag on every player top 100 in the world well, 100 people would have different kind of strokes but the the people get away with technical skills on their athleticism uh, with their ground strokes uh, if you'd compare you know ground strokes are like whole notes your volleys are like uh, returns and countering is like half notes your volleys are like quarter notes or staccato in music but the volleys are absolutely terrible on most most kids and um, so I realized that with the racket technology in the old days if you didn't have really good technical skills with your volleys, you couldn't volley. And because you had to have good technical skills, because you had to, you learned good technical skills. It was that simple. If you wanted to volley, you had to learn good technical skills. But our kids get away with uh, one-shot slap shots at the net, full-swing volleys, Poking the ball. I mean, there's just no understanding of where the technical, where the technical stuff should be. Now, I, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. I want you to hang on here, but I want you to understand that the more that technology has taken over, the less we've had to do with the repetition part of it and the artistic part of it. By 1980-81, in there, John, when the um, Rackets all changed to wide bodies and big rackets. 
One thing I saw immediately was that nearly all of my players when I was coaching in Clemson stopped going to the backboard. Players used to go to the backboard all the time to work out things, kinks in their strokes and things like that. But the minute that technology changed, players stopped going to the backboard. Only seldom would they go to the backboard. And it was really interesting. But as I look back on it, there's a good reason why. Uh, When players used to use the old wood rackets, the, you had to hit it right in the middle. Your technical skills had to be really, really good, and you needed the repetition. But here's the more important thing. If you hit it in the middle, you got a great dopamine rush. I've often said that I got three drugs for playing tennis when I was a child, dopamine, adrenaline, and endorphins. The dopamine rush from making great contact with the ball and it, you know, with your racket, and it, it happened maybe only one out of four times or one out of five or one out of three, but making great contact with the ball, you it's just like hitting a great jump shot in basketball off of a pick or something. Uh, it's just like the crack of the bat. It's a great song. It's a dopamine rush that you would get the pleasure to the pleasure uh, zone of your brain uh, happened from hitting the ball squarely. Immediately when these high-tech rackets came out, the kids don't get the same dopamine rush. They get success, but they don't get a dopamine rush. And what happens is on the old days, if you hit the ball in the middle, it gave you a dopamine rush. And if you missed it, you basically say, well, tennis is hard. I better keep working at this. So it gave the kids the repetitive, the drivenness to do it again and again and again. With the high technology, with the technical part, these rackets that they have, and they've had the last 35, 40 years, well, the kids don't go back to the backboard. They hit, if they hit it in the middle, it's sort of like, well, I'm supposed to be able to hit it good. If they hit it bad, they, it's sort of a neutral negative instead of a plus neutral uh, rush that they would get. So there's a lot to that. You can see the dopamine. Our kids are on these cell phones and playing the games and everything, and those, the people who design those know exactly what they're doing. They don't give a good result every time or the kids would never play. <laughs> they, they give an intermediate result. Now, I've thought through this a whole lot, but it is a fact that kids do not go to the backboard like they used to. So nope. I don't think they fall in love with the pursuit of the game. Um, the, I don't think they fall in love with the search for excellence or the mastery search for mastery i i think they want to win everybody wants to win but again the second drug that you would get from playing is the adrenaline from competing and everybody's a little different there some kids are not as competitive as others so therefore that that doesn't appeal to kids in the same way and then of course it's the dopamine adrenaline and endorphins the endorphins from training Playing a match to exhaustion, Um, gosh, I ran into some high school players that I knew that were there when I won 20 to 18 in the third in the high school match one time, and the exhilaration from that, I remember that match my whole life, but now they're making short sets, and they're abbreviating matches, and they're doing this hocus-pocus stuff that it's just doesn't tease you to work on the mastery. I usually, John, and everybody listening out there, I will tell parents, to, if you want to learn about the depth of tennis and you want to learn about teaching your kids your beginning, watch the movie Searching for Bobby Fisher. It's about chess, but yep. the, the similarities with the, that movie and the the, the being becoming excellent and, be, and mastering the game is very similar to, to chess and what what kids have to learn and the depth of the thinking. And, yes, there's a gift to it and there's repetition to it, but it is it really is, an, I don't want to say an addictive sport, but it teases 
someone into wanting to do it again and again and again and again. So, John, your program, that we need to talk about this. Now, here's what bothers me. What bothers me is I believe that our leaders are not, they're chasing, you know, the cat up the wrong tree or whatever you want to say. They're, they're going up the wrong tree on this thing. They're, the more that tennis drops off and the less champions we have, they're going at it with marketing and they're going after it with gimmicks and uh, um, they're going after it with systems, not incentives. Kids play tennis, first of all, kids play for two reasons. They play for rivalries and they play for tournaments of heritage. They don't play for points. You know, they, 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 these, this point system is probably the worst ambition. It's the worst killer. It is I, I'm not the worst, the best killer of ambition and search for mastery that we've ever introduced. It's the worst thing we could have possibly done. Um, the kids chase points. They take shortcuts. They try to abbreviate matches just to get points and tournaments done. No one's working for that mastery that that they really really need to. So, um, do we are we going to have a champion soon? Well, what to do? Uh, you know, I, I I've talked often about our sleeping giants that we have in uh, in tennis. The infrastructure is there. I don't think anybody would argue that we don't we have plenty of facilities plenty of tennis courts, plenty of very learned people. Everyone has a college team in their area where they could go watch good players play and get some uh, information on expertise about how to play. And, and there, there's plenty of information out there. I mean, we've, we're, we have a, we're, we have a, there's a glut of information. Like you were saying, we've got ball machines. We've got all of this scientific principles of, uh, you know, the the technical skills and uh, sports psychology and all of, all of this information, but there's a couple simple reasons why we don't have any champions. Um, I gave a talk to my team tonight and um, I talked to them about the three in, in any motivation, only only tools that coaches have in working with young people are the three P's: peers, pain, and pleasure. Peers, the carrot and the stick. That's that that's it. Surround people with the right people, and then you need to dislike losing, and you've got to enjoy or love winning. And those those are the three motivating factors. There's nothing else. Well, first of all, our role models are not used properly because we'd have no mentoring programs in place. Uh, you know, everybody wants to come up with some magic solution, but we should we should naturally have some mentoring a mentoring situation with our top players working with other players. Now we do to an extent, but I I don't want to go into mentoring again. That's I'm going to be talking about mentoring uh, on my program next Wednesday, a three tier mentoring or the servant back program that really works quite well. But we, we uh, tennis by, I don't know. It's not by design, but tennis naturally is not, uh, a sport where people help each other the way they should. Uh, it's a competitive sport. Even though people get along, people usually don't share their ideas. People don't build each other up. Most of the time, <laughs> and, and I don't want to be, in general, I have found that people try to make their own light shine brighter by putting others out. And uh, I, I don't I, I, I don't know if there's a solution to that. It's a combative sport. It's different than golf. It's different than team sports. The advantage to that, of course, is that you can work on it all you want, and you can get help if it's out there. But we, we our role models are not sharing 
enough, you know, what in helping people around them. They do to an extent, but I think we could do much better. Right? Our college system is very anemic at best uh, for American kids. How are we going to have American champions when 80% of the scholarships are going to international students? It's not a slam on international kids, but why are we spending millions and millions and millions of taxpayer dollars to pay for kids from other countries to come to school here? There's some advantages. Yeah, I mean, Dennis Vandermeer, great teacher, was a South African. Harry Hopman, I did my apprenticeship under Harry Hopman. He was an Australian. They bring great, great resources and great knowledge, but we've got to come up with something that turns this back in favor of American kids getting scholarships and getting positions on teams. So don't you see that most for years and years and years, college has been the stepping stone from junior tennis to the professional ranks. Well, it's turned into a destination instead of a stepping stone now. Um, most of our American kids don't believe that there's a shot for them, and it's a, it's a very painful situation for a lot of parents to find out after spending thousands and thousands of dollars training their kids. There's no scholarships out there for you unless you're definitely a top 50 player in the country or something. It's, it's really, really a, a tough situation. Uh, so we're really hurt there. Another sleeping giant is there's nothing for our players after college from the age about 22 to 35. There's, there's nothing out there for them. I don't think that our ruling bodies, our governing bodies look at, look at, that as a vehicle for any 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 uh, payback from the investment, any payback from the investment. However, in not having it, don't you see that a lot of college kids they they give up on tennis right as soon as they graduate or even before they graduate, and we lose a big big part of our tennis population that way. I think Small Town USA, I came up with a program called Small Town Tennis USA. We're losing, we, we don't have anything in our smaller towns um, to, to per se. Tennis is a technical sport. It takes other people that are about your level or better to help you grow in it. But in most of our small towns, by the way, most of the professional athletes in all sports, baseball, football, basketball, come out of towns less than 50,000 people, not tennis. We're not doing a good job there. Our high school programs, we've often said our high school programs are very often are no more than an after-school activity, especially since they have done this no-cut thing. By the way, I have a no-cut program in college, but I have a a no-cut but a high bar. In other words, I keep people, but they have a lot of requirements they have to do in order to be on the team. And the the one requirement I don't make is that they have to be the best players. It's not. Yeah, I want good players, but everybody has to go through the same situation and the rites of passage to play. So there's a lot of things we're doing wrong. But I think we could do some things right that, that would could turn us around. One of the things that, look, and I'm going to shout out USTA. I'm going to challenge you guys. It is not marketing that makes things great. It is not systems. It, they, it is incentives. We need incentives, not systems. The USTA has gone in a way we, I was in a meeting last year, John, and um, the USTA guy was in there, and he said, look, if you – I think it was a lady. She says, if you have a great idea, let us know. We'll market it, and then you can make it successful. I, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's not the way it's supposed to work. You've got a great idea. Make it work. Then you market it. You don't market 
water vapor. You don't market. It's like Tang marketing. You know, astronauts drink Tang. Well, in the end, you don't have anything of value at all. And, and the marketing people, their minds work in the wrong ways. We need the innovations to come from educators, not marketeers. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've thrown a lot of stuff out there, John, but we have the facilities. We have the people. We have the knowledge. We have the history. We have the greatest country in the world. We have the greatest country that has ever been on the face of the earth. But we're shooting ourselves in the foot because we are we, – we, we need to have bottom-up programs, not top-down socialist-type programs where we're waiting for the USDA to create this energy, and by the time it gets to the fifth layer, nobody cares because it's not their gig, and there's, they're not passionately involved. We need – we need our neighborhoods, our, our parks, people individually to fall in love with the game, the kids to fall in love with it. But nothing's going to happen if we don't get rid of the – the point system is a, is a great destroyer. We've got to get rid of the point system. We've got to – if we're going to use abbreviated matches, we need to use asterisks and let people know this was an abbreviated match because in the end – if, if it's easy to pick up, it's, it's easy to put down. So, uh, John, that's a mouthful there. Um, but I think where's our next champion's going to come from? I think it's going to be an outlier situation. I do not think it's going to come from the USDA. I don't think it's going to be. It's going to be somebody that figures out an outlier situation with the right motivation, the right love of the game, in how to train a group of players to fall in love with what they're doing again instead of just trying to get results. Because how do you how are you going to become a great musician without loving music? You know, I mean it's uh it's uh tennis is hard and it's got to be respected as being hard. It's it's got to be you know represented by people when they go after it to look at it with great great respect and honor of, for the traditions and the heritage and not looking for shortcuts to success so I think we've cheapened it we've turned it into bowling eh, I don't want to get negative here let's let's look for solutions tonight maybe John what do you think well I agree and I I I agree with everything you said, and as a matter of fact, you made a couple of comments that uh, I'll be talking about in my commentary uh, next week because I do think we're, uh, you know, the, even the nation, who would have thought today we're, you know, we could be fighting socialists, but it isn't going to come from the top down and uh, catching up it with can't. things around the yard. I started catching up with reading. And I read Tennis Magazine, The Three Wise Men. I don't know if you read it yet. Joe Drucker talked about Pachester and Tennis Vandermeer and Big Braden. And I would add Harry Hoffman and you and uh, Ellen and a few other people. But we did things a little I contributed was because of mentors like you that were willing to give and listen and the time you spent, you know, you spending the whole weekend uh, in Florida for the high school coaches, Ashley Hobson um, doing that there. Uh, it isn't going to come from the top down. Uh, it's got to give us the opportunity to, to work and come up with ideas and uh, assist us, and because as we assist each other, my fear is that we're too many coaches are just going to give up on it, on the idea of that I could do something, and other coaches are going to look at, well, if I'm going to succeed, I got to do it the USTA way, or the USPTA way, or the PTR way. But you know, those organizations helped us a lot, and they're part of our growth. But well, they're facilitators. I, I think, uh, Jeff, 
uh, hit it on the lock. It wasn't dumb. It was people like you and uh, Harry and uh, Dennis and Pancho and uh, Vic. This is what made tennis what it is today. Well, they're supposed to be facilitators. The USTA, these organizations, they they become what the bureaucracy... Anybody that understands about what a bureaucracy is, is they understand that the bureaucracy becomes self-perpetuating for one reason, one reason only, to sustain itself. And for it to be, you know, but but I don't care what, it could be a school system that's a bureaucracy. We have bureaucracy in right. where our schools are run from top-down management. Socialist governments, they do this, and then what happens by the time the socialist practice is goes from top to bottom, five layers down, by the time it gets to the local person that's so watered down, they go, wow, you know, that's not even good Kool-Aid. That's uh, watered down five parts water and a lot of uh, other junk in there, too. And, and the, point, the, the point I'm making, I think we need an outlier thought process here. Let's look at it, John, as if it were music, okay? Um, let's uh-huh. say... We're trying to have a revival in maybe classical music. How would you do that? Well, I think there's always going to be pockets of classical music, but I think you would agree that music is pretty much crap now. Pardon my French, but it's pretty much crap. Uh, I agree. What happened is the electronic stuff took over, and the production, like, there's a great, great documentary out right now, Country Music. Anybody out there, go and listen to History of Country Music. It's a, it was a PBS thing, but it, it paralleled what happened with the old-time musicians. They absolutely hated to see country music turn into the hype of overproductions and lights and explosions and make it look like rock. Some of these uh, these old guys and these women, they wanted the purity of real music, all right, real country music. And all of the music has been overloaded by what? By marketing and by hype and by pomp. And no longer it was for mastery. Music was not about mastery anymore. It was about how do we program success here by the marketing people. So maybe we should look at it from the standpoint of how do we preserve the art of tennis, the artistic part of it. Gosh, in that movie Searching for Bobby Fischer, I just saw it again about two weeks ago, and it was interesting. The the guy's son was good at chess, and he went downtown to New York and found this old chess, Ben Kingsley, if you remember, and uh-huh. we found him. He was the he was the Miyagi of chess, and so he said. And they were looking at around there, and it looked pretty drab. The kind of people that were playing chess, and chess is always going to be around, and it's going to have people that are chasing perf- uh, chasing excellence and chasing mastery. And the search was for Bobby Fisher to see where greatness would come from again. Now, I think we're missing the boat because we've tried to market the game with the pop culture of hype and smoke and mirrors and, and all these things. Well, in the end, you know, and I know that ends up not being anything. It, it ends up being a rhinestone not a real diamond. So where's our where's our champions going to come from? It's it's going to be in an outlier situation. It cannot. I promise you, it will not. I hope I hope I'd eat my words, but it's not going to come from one of our organizations. College tennis hey, is. Chuck, can I just Chuck? Can ahead. I just take two minutes and get back to? I don't want to get, but I love your music thing, and I have a bias like everybody else. I had. A relative, a great uncle that um, played in the Metropolitan Museum. He was a, a, a opera singer, but so I do have a bias. 
Well, living in Connecticut next to New York City, uh, an hour away if you caught traffic right, shows used to come in all the time. And before they came in, they went to New Haven, Connecticut. They went to uh, Philadelphia, and they tried them out. And then they went to uh, New York Broadway, and they made it. And I was blessed to see some outstanding uh, Broadway shows. Then the marketers got in, and the New York Times and the papers – and what they did is they would take a show, market it, that it came, this came from England, and we had a lot of stuff coming from Great Britain all of a sudden. And those shows were sold out for six months in advance. So now you paid more money for your ticket. And many times I went and I saw stuff that was crappy, like you said. And occasionally I saw some great work, but I saw less great work. So I love your music, you know, when you're talking about marketing, because I think we do have an example of its failure right on Broadway today. Yes, yes. I mean, that's true. They used to go on the road and perfect the show. I remember those movies. Movie like Funny Girl, remember Funny Girl and things? They went on the road, and all they are. If you had an act, whether it was uh, you had Sammy, I just saw the special on Sammy Davis Jr. Well, Sammy Davis Jr. had to work as I mean, the years and years and years of going on the road. Ella Fitzgerald, I love, love, love Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, I did too. Well, she was great for five decades, but my kids say, "Papa, is it another Ella?" You got to listen to I said, absolutely. Five decades, there's a listen to her voice. She was, but the amount of reps that they got on the road and perfecting that. But now what we do is we market things and uh, gosh, it's just, we're marketing crap. You know, I mean, cream rises, but crap floats first. I, I hate that's pretty bad way of saying it. But, but, you know, in the end, the crap gets the flush. Right, I mean it's it's that you know, hey, you folks out there <laughs> listen to that one. That's an analogy. My sister came up with that one time. You know, she she told me keep searching for excellence, working for excellence. She used to say cream rises, but the other stuff floats first. And the point the point is is we we as a culture, I I look all the time. I'm going where is excellence? Where are people pursuing excellence? My daughter is in ballet. Any parents out there listening know that when your child's in ballet or they're trying to play, they're taking piano lessons, probably they're not going to be at Carnegie Hall. Probably they're not going to be able to get a scholarship for playing the piano or dancing ballet or something. However, my daughter goes over, John, and practices four nights a week for an hour and a half and they work her so, so hard, and I'm going, praise the Lord, love it, love it, love it, love it. She's pursuing excellence. That teacher demands excellence. If a child is playing a violin, they do it because they learn how to pursue excellence. If they, in tennis, it used to be that way, that we pursued excellence, and we pursued mastery over getting a ranking, point system. I was ranked this. Can I get a college scholarship, by the way? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I got all these points, and my rankings this and this and this and this. And and, and just it's the pursuit of excellence that we should be chasing. And uh, our cult culture has gotten away from that. Um, we are masters at four-star, never five-star, our, <laughs> our gold-star stuff. We're, we're we're masters at making in USA B pluses and A minuses. We are tweeners in the USA. We are tweeners. We are not masters of anything anymore except maybe art, music, and those things. So tennis, we're barking up the wrong tree. Our leaders need to start pursuing 
We need educators making decisions, not marketing people. College tennis is just, I'm so disgusted with it. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's been dumbed down so badly. The results speak for itself. We only have four players that are American-born in the top 100 in men's and women's tennis. Four. Four. In 1985-86, we had 41 or 44, a lot of players. Now it's, it's amoebic. And we're, it's, it's disgusting. High school tennis is an after-school activity, dumbed down by the scoring system, dumbed down by no cuts. You know what? You think kids, when you champion the weak, you weaken the real champions. So participation trophy mania. Make everybody feel good. Holy cow. So all we're doing is we're reinforcing that. And average is pretty good in the U.S. now, just average. Tweener. Tweenerism. Tweenerville. Tweenerville, USA. That's shameful. We should be pursuing excellence more. Where are we pursuing excellence, John? I guess the medical field, if someone's going after doctors, engineering, where are we pursuing yeah. excellence? And that's a good question, and I think that's you know that is one of the uh, uh, problems is that we're and I've said it before, and I wrote on it in Florida Tennis Magazine. It, I, I think we're my generation is responsible for that because we did things. I was out working at twelve years old because my father had a heart attack. He come to come back from the war and he. Uh, has a heart attack, but uh, you know. So I made it easier for my kids. I thought I was doing right. I wouldn't let them go as far as I did on a bike. And what happened? They made it easier for their kids. And easier is not the answer. Repetition mm-hmm. used to no. be the, what we taught. This is you know, you, if you're going to learn, man, you learn your multiplication t- tables. You learn. Repetition used to be part of our education system. All of a sudden, that and competition has become dirty words in America, and I don't understand it. Well, well, it's because of the liberal mentality of chasing socialism. People don't understand the problem with socialism is you take away the pride, the pride in earning. It's not about Mm -hmm. stuff. It's about the pride in earning, learning and earning in in de- in deserving what you work for, you know the I look at people that work uh, manual labor jobs down, and you know there's two things. Number one, they they have the pride of earning and working an honest job for their families, but they also there's a, there is a pride in working hard at the end of the day, no matter what you do. And, and, and the the mentality that it's about stuff. And about just, hey, let's get a trophy, and hey, you're really a winner if you just participated, and hey, you know, but but really it's demeaning. It's just extremely demeaning, and what happens, you have a bunch of tweeners at the end of it. And, uh, you know, so, you know, we have a cultural issue that's not going to be solved, but I think tennis, what we're doing in tennis is a reflection of that. I've I've talked to so many people and said, I said, we're fighting a socialist versus capitalist battle in tennis, too. I agree. We, uh, you know, we, we have a huge battle going on. Uh, the people who are not educators do not understand that <laughs> you, you never – oh, it's – got to give you this story. Everybody out there listen to this one. This is a great one. So my son, I've talked a lot about. He plays baseball. And he's playing this travel league stuff. And if you, your son plays travel ball, you find out that if they win a tournament on the weekend, John, if they win it, they give them gold rings. Like NBA, they got these rings, they look like NBA World Champion Super Bowl rings or something. And they got all these glass on it, and it's a gold ring. And then if they, they finish second, they get silver rings. Well, you know, they play tournaments about, you know, every other weekend. And you do this for three or four years. Well, your kid's got like 15 or 20 of these rings. 
Well, last tournament, the guys sort of stunk it up. They didn't play well in the finals. You know what those kids did? A lot of them just left their rings on the table. Some of them threw it in the trash can, you know. And it's not, wasn't a thing, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. You know, it's just like, it's just more stuff. It's like, you know, we all know this. When you rent a car, do you take better care of a car if you own it or if you lease it? If you own it or you rent it, which one? You know, if you own it. Sure. You're going to take better care of it. That's the essence. So how are we going to have champions? We've got to get down to brass tacks. Listen, tennis is just not an activity. It is not just a game. It's just not a sport. It is an art form. It is the toughest of all sports. It is the most beautiful thing in the world when done well. It's ugly and cheap when it's done poorly. There's no in-between. So you don't want to solve it. Let's get the marketing people out of there. Let's get educators making the decisions. And then let's bring let's make it make it tough, tough, tough again to to achieve excellence. No no giveaways, no no participation stuff, no you know but we need the right people in leadership. And yeah. you know, there's where we have a problem. It's generational. John, look, you and I both we had World War Two parents and we understand the greatest generation sacrifice they made. We grew up with it. And then, of course, then you had the hippies and the, you know, our generation had the hippies. And then the people who were smoking dope and hanging out and not working hard, their kids got pretty messed up. And then those kids are having kids now. And those kids, the millennials, after the millennials start having kids where they thought it was all right to just hang out, breathe air, occupy space, I mean, whoa, are we in trouble? Where are we in trouble? And uh, so I, I just tell it, It's a social issue, like better. you said. There's no two ways about it. And the problem is we've got to convince young coaches that you, you're you not going to coach everybody, that you're going to you got to be you and you're going to have to sit there and some people ain't going to like what you do. But how do we get them? That's the, you know, that's why I we need good tell leaders. people I'm blessed to talk to people like you all the time. I've had complaints if, to the USTA about I wasn't a no coach because I would run parent-player meetings for three months before. And in reality, I was cutting them. No, I wasn't cutting them. They were choosing not to participate in my program. Do I tell them, is, is that the solution? I don't know what the solution is, but we've got to do what we think is right and not have them tell us what to do. Yeah, we, we do. And, again, it's an outlier. Everybody listening out there, you need to be an outlier. If you go along with the company structure, again, you, we need a highway, a freeway, an expressway of ideas, an expressway to become great players. It's not a pathway. It's not somebody else's pathway. It's going to be an outlier situation that makes the champions. And uh, But we need, look, it's worth it. Tennis is worth it. I'm going to get yes. fighting. I've been fighting 10 years against this abbreviated scoring crap, all the shortened crap. We need to put X, we need to put uh, asterisks by it to designate it. This is abbreviated crap that it's not the same as our champions you know that 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 did all this stuff so right. I, oh, I don't want to just it's really aggravating it's like it, it would be like in music you know if you have a uh, what if you had all these uh, opera singers you know a Pavarotti and uh, you know these great op- opera singers uh, Mario Lanza and uh, you know and and what if you had all these singers and you said, no, 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 guys, you can't sing opera anymore. We want you to sing uh, some pop and some rap and some – could you imagine? Could you imagine? We're not going to let you sing. There's not a market for that anymore. That's what we've done in tennis. We've taken the class and the, the, the beauty of the depth 
we've taken the depth out of the sport. And without the depth, uh, you know, no offense to bowling, but we're going to become like bowling. Easy to pick up and easy to put down. Well, hopefully if you people keep listening, and I encourage everybody next Wednesday uh, uh, to listen to your broadcast because, I mean, it's just so important. But, I, you know, I, we're I cover mentoring, I'm human. Go ahead, Coach. I don't want to tell you off. We we're only have cover, four minutes left. We're going to cover mentoring. I know we're about out of time here. But we're going to cover mentoring. I, I, I've been trying to think, look, everybody listen out there. I know I make a point. But I want to make a difference, and you should want to make a difference. I started American Tennis Patriots. Look at me on Facebook at American Tennis Patriots, and I'll, I've got to get that rolling a little bit stronger, uh, and, and we've got right. to do something. But I want to make a difference, not just to make a point. And if you're young, don't just try to fit in. Try to stand out. It's not like when you get to be 40 you're going to be, oh, I'm going to start standing up for something. You need to stand up. Old people, we need your wisdom. You old buzzards out there and you old women who have loved tennis your whole life, we need your wisdom. Put your two cents in worth. I don't care if people listen to you or not. We need you to squawk a little bit there. Squeaky wheel gets the oil. If it squeaks too loud, it gets removed. And then the middle-aged people get those golden handcuffs off. You know, start standing up, address issues, not people. No one can find fault. We haven't given anybody's name in here tonight. We've talked about the USDA a little bit. I've talked about the organizations. The ITA and the USDA need to dunk their head in a cold ice pan and and get a reality check and and, and figure out how much damage they're doing. They're, They're just doing lots and lots of damage. But you know we need bottom up, bottom up growth a lot. So not top down management. The heck with that stuff. And that's where tennis came from. Where it was going until well, about fifteen years ago, and then the growth stopped. Uh, you know, but I mean that's where it came from, and that's why I I would recommend two things. Uh, read the article uh, Three Wise Men. Like I said, I would have added, uh, but, you know, to, to, this is the whole time issue, time's limited. I would have added about a couple more to that, uh, but it's a great uh, article. Listen to next Wednesday's show, please, because mentoring is, I think, one of the keys. Uh, I, I haven't done a lot of good in the industry, uh, but I've served, I tried to do it, but if it wasn't that, the mentoring program that truthfully Chuck introduced me to and uh, and I believe in it and it's important but that's what we need and you know people like Ashley Hobson and him and uh, at class when we, we had a program a couple of years ago and looking about uh, getting coach, young coaches involved and Ashley Hobson said he would give it opportunity in his camps. That class comes back, he's given opportunity in his class. About, uh, we had, I don't want to start naming coaches because I'm going to forget them, uh, but we had a half a dozen coaches that put me into that, put me into that. Well, that comes, that's a bottom-up thing that works. And and, 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 and I'm not criticizing uh, the USTA as much maybe as some other, only because I think the whole nation is facing this same problem right well, now. Lot, we're, John, there's a lot we're of good looking people. for other there, people. There, there. Can, can we say it's just like politicians? You've got a lot of great people in a bad organization. Look, bureaucracies don't work. Bureaucracies, right. I don't care how powerful they are, how much money they are, they cannot, you cannot program excellence. Excellence comes from bottom up and innovation and outliers. It's like the book, the outliers. Innovation and greatness does not happen in an organization. Nope. And unfortunately, this organization has reached that. And I just hope our Republic uh, hasn't reached that of the Roman Republic, but unfortunately that (laughs) happens. Listen, I thank you for being on. I thank the audience for listening. 
And please uh, tune in next Wednesday because uh, we all need mentors. Uh, don't let your ego Thanks get in the way. Thanks for doing the program, John. Appreciate it. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you, John.